stop, stop. First of all, to God be the glory. Jesus is still Lord, and he's on the throne, amen? Uh, I must say that every time we make this transition of the children leaving the uh, sanctuary and headed out, if that doesn't make you feel something inside, I mean, because this is what's happening here. We have a production line that's happening here in a great way. And that means that everybody out there has some responsibility and some obligation, all of us, uh, to make sure that these little ones get to be like you all sitting in seats one day and not out trying to beat the world down. Anyway, so it's a blessing to me to see them. Anyway, um, first of all, we want to thank God for giving Pastor Mark and his family uh, a time of relaxation and a time of rest, and we want to encourage him to do that. And because of you all, that's a good thing. We want to make sure that we pamper our pastors and give them rest that they need and encouragement and strength and all of that stuff. How many of you all go on vacation sometimes? These three people over here? So, so anyway, it's a good thing for him to be on vacation and to get some respite there. Also, a couple of weeks ago, we, uh, we had a moment in here, which was good too, because we sort of had the mantle handed off to Pastor Mark from Pastor Bill. And uh, it amazes me how many years this church has been kept by the grace of God. And you all are products of that, uh, of that uh, effort as well. And so God has drawn you here for such a time as this, right? And uh, uh, my brother Andrew stood before us and he read something like this. How many of you were here when we handed the banner? Yeah, okay, good. So this will be familiar to you. Uh, uh, I almost said Pastor Andrew, but, but that's close enough. Yeah, that's close enough. Anyway, <laughs> Brother Andrew said something like this. Do you, the members of the congregation, profess your readiness to receive Mark Jeske to be your pastor according to the terms of your call. And everyone said? <laughs> okay, so, so this is going somewhere, so I just want to just kind of relive this moment. Because just two weeks ago, we heard those, we will. Do you promise to receive the word of truth from his mouth and submit to him in the exercise of his office? And you said? Okay. Do you promise to encourage and cooperate with him in his labors for the upbuilding of the Redeemer's kingdom and to do whatever else you may see to be needful for his comfort and usefulness among you. And you said, all right, we have that documented. We videoed every mouth that was moving when, we, when I read those things. And I will say to you as part of this pastoral staff, uh, we're going to hold you accountable to that, just like you should hold us accountable to do what the charge is, and the charge for Pastor Mark and all of the pastors here and the elders is to shepherd you. Everyone say shepherd. Okay, and so if we are charged to shepherd you, you have to be willing to be... Who said sheep? <laughs> well, okay, yeah, but you get the drill. <laughs> Turn to you. In your Bibles, in fact, please tell me you have a Bible. This morning, we almost didn't have words to the song, and we, in fact, this was going to be out altogether, but by the grace of God, technology kicked in, and we were able to have that. But what happens if all of the <clears throat> technology were to fail? Uh, we'd have to rely on our Bibles, wouldn't we? What a novice thought. Anyway, if you have your Bibles with us, let's turn to the, 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 the book of John, the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 4, and we're going to... 
look through that verse and many others, I might add. If you don't get all of them, and if I don't get all of them, make sure you write them down. Please do. Because this is not just about coming in. How many of you all get the sermon every Sunday and you don't miss a bit? You, I mean, you get it and you roll right out and you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many times do you think you have to hear this word before it kicks in? Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. How many times do you have to tell your children to clean their room up? <laughs> Somebody will say amen if you know what I'm talking about before it kicks in. So anyway, it's the, the Word of God is the same way. So we want to look at the Word of God as being the foundation of worship. It's our foundation of worship. If you squeeze me at any time spiritually, all you're going to get out of me is be faithful to the Word of God, because the Word of God will be faithful to you. We sang that song. Even <laughs> He didn't just start being faithful when we came to know Him. Let me say that again. He didn't start being faithful when we, when we first knew him. Okay, I'm going to have to take some. Some of you all said amen. You know, I'm going to take you some back, but some of you all back to those dark days. Do you remember when you lived in darkness? Anybody in here? You all did? Okay, thank you. So, so it's us. We all, if we, told, if we know the Lord Jesus today, we all lived in darkness at some point in time. And think about all the stuff you should have gone down the tube with but because of the faithfulness of God to bring you to this moment, he made it happen. Anybody can think about those days? Most of the stuff we've gone through is stuff that would have just wiped out most people. But God was faithful, even when we didn't know him. Amen? My dear sister, how are you doing? It's good to see you this morning. I didn't get my hug, but it's good to see you. And so, so according to Romans 5, 8, God demonstrated his love towards us. Even when we were still sinners, he demonstrated his love towards us. And so, we're going to talk about that. If, we, if he's that faithful to us, then we're required here to be faithful to him. And Pastor Mark laid out some wonderful footsteps for us to take as a church. Uh, he started this series way back in, with, with Mark, at the beginning of Mark. Does anybody remember what those, foot, those three footsteps were? And let me give you a hit. Don't look on your outline sheet. <laughs> yes, okay. Pray, prayer, praise, and proclaiming the Word of God. Now, if we look at those separately, we're going to be in trouble because it's seamless and it's a lifestyle. And at the foot of that lifestyle, as we'll see in John chapter 4 in a moment here, all of those elements are important. In fact, not important. They're essential. They're essential. They are essential. So let's read in John chapter 4 and verse 23. Jesus says, and you know the backdrop, the woman at the well, that's the backstory to this, and, and they're finishing up a conversation. But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers, underline true worshipers in your Bible, yes, it's okay to write in there, will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit. Note that that's a little s. God is spirit. He's also big s spirit, but little s speaking to us. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Must work, must, not optional, must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now listen, if we didn't sing one song today, we still get an opportunity to worship him. 
Because worship is not built in uh, uh, an external expression, of whether we have songs and, and uh, the musicians. In fact, that, you all did a marvelous job uh, this morning in, in worship, as you do each Sunday. Uh, very encouraging. Um, uh, but worship is, is on the inside. Um, what are some of the things that we worship, if you will, without Jesus? Anybody care to step out there? Ooh, it's way too quiet in here. You mean we don't worship stuff outside of Jesus? Oh, oh, oh amen. Thank you. Somebody's on tune here. Yeah, we worship money sometimes. Not you all, but you might know some people out in the church somewhere else that might worship money. How about some other stuff? Okay, let me just put it in the category of hedonism and materialism. If we can get pleasure from it, if we can get it from material things, oh, it's all good. But when you come to Christ, when we come to him, he says, we're not even looking for him. He's seeking us. You see that in John? So let's look at those pillars, if you will. Um, I want you also now to turn over to Matthew chapter 7. Because Pastor Mark is talking about us building that worship experience here. We break it down in praise and prayer and proclaiming the Word, and none of that happens without the Word. Let me say that again. Praise, prayer, proclaiming all requires the Word as its foundation. Let me say this. News alert. News alert to the King's Chapel family. If you're not in your Bible daily, get in it. Now back to our regular scheduled program. <laughs> Did I tell you, Matthew? I got to hurry along here because, see, I, I, there's so much I want to say. I am so spiritually pregnant this morning. I may give birth right here at this podium. Okay, so, so did I say Matthew? Did I, did I say that? I did say that in here. Can I say that in here? All right, here we go. Matthew 7. Therefore, in, I'm in verse 24. Therefore, Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And it failed. And he goes on to tell us, and a great fall it was. So, 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 how do we get the King's Chapel on the rock? How do we build that? What does it look like? And, and let me just say this. Don't, well, this is another news alert. If you remember the, the King's Chapel family, do not come here on Sunday morning and sit down for 30 minutes in fact, Pastor Mark told me, when he told me I would be preaching today, he says, are we going to do communion as well at the end of the service? He said to make sure I had you all, we have to be done by Tuesday so we can do communion on Wednesday morning. So, so if I get through all my notes, I think, be prepared to, to do communion on Wednesday morning. Amen. You all with me on that? Oh, okay. So, so people are not playing. So. If we're going to build this thing and praise and prayer and proclaiming the word get to be cinder blocks, if you will, in that process, we've got to put some attention on that. And when I say make sure that you're in your Bibles, I want you to think about it like this. When you're in your Bible looking at the word of God, don't get caught up in that. That's great, and you should be. But you need to be in your Bibles realizing this. The Word of God is looking at you. Oh, yeah, it's like a flashlight. 
And it will uh, identify and locate where each person is who belongs to him. And if we belong to him in the, the, king's, uh, the, king's, the king's chapel family, if you choose, if this is your, not house, but if this is your home, then the, the, the elements that we want to press in you is become a, have a lifestyle of prayer, have a lifestyle of praise, have a lifestyle of proclaiming His Word. They go, they go hand in hand, and they're seamless. And we're going to look at them separately, but we're going to have to apply them uh, uh, together. Uh, worship is built exclusively on the truth of God's Word. When we get truth in us, truth comes out of us. We won't turn to it right now, but in Psalm 15, it says, who can stand on your holy hill except that man that speaks uh, truth to his inner man? You know, we are required to put the Word of God into us and edify our inner man. We are spirit beings, amen? We are made by the God of creation who is spirit. The Scripture just told us that. So when we look in Genesis, we see that it was God who is spirit who created us. And so He created us and sustains us exclusively on truth. It's His Word. And I'm not talking about an intellectual gathering. I don't want you to have it up here. In fact, you get it in your head, and that'll just puff you up right, right quickly. Um, I'm not worried about the man that can quote Scripture. I'm more concerned about the one that totes Scripture. Somebody say amen. Yeah, yeah, if you get what I'm saying here. Yeah, yeah, just like, yeah, you can quote it, but can you tote it? That's the real deal. And if you will, you'll be transformed as you, transformed as you walk it out. So quickly, we'll look at, um, we'll look at prayer. Uh, if you look at John 14 and verse 13, and I guess some of these may, well, maybe they won't be, and that's okay too. John chapter 14, Jesus became our prayers. Uh, first, <coughs> excuse me, ask in my name, that will I do, so the Father may be glorified in the Son. In 1 John chapter 5, I believe it is, in 14, he says, uh, if we know that he hears us and we pray according to his will, what is his will? One. Uh, so who said it? Well, that, yes, that's, and collectively, in one summary, his will is his word. His will is his word. If you have his word with you in written form, please hold it up for me. Oh, now I'm meddling. Okay, yeah. I took a picture of that just to see who didn't have the Bibles with them. Yeah. And, and I, the uh, digital pieces don't count. I'm just saying. I'm old school. No, all right, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Listen, if you know that he hears you, we're not praying just to beat the air. Uh, several years ago, we had just started coming here, uh, and I had a problem with my neck did something in the weight room, and it just, I mean, it was ongoing. I had therapy and everything. Nothing was resolving it. And I just didn't like doing the therapy, but I did it. Pastor Mark prayed. He had us stand up one day in, 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 the, in the service and said, those of you who uh, have something going on that you want God to intervene about, stand up right where you are. Sit right over there. Stood up, and he prayed over my neck. Not me exclusively. There were many other people standing up. But those prayers were effective. I have not had the problem since. I have not had the problem since. Now, let me just say this to you. I don't play games with the power of God. If he can, trans 
If he can stop cocaine from going up my nose and me rolling big fat blunts and getting drunk and hanging out and being promiscuous and all of that, if he can stop that, he can handle a pain in my neck. Somebody say amen if you know what I'm talking about. I mean, I don't want us to sit there and look too pious like it ain't us. Can I say ain't in here? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. I want us to be real because if we're going to be real, that means we got to get some of that realism on each other. That whole thing of praise, prayer, and, pro- uh, and proclaiming, it's all called koinonia. It's a Greek word, expensive Greek word, just for community. Community, longing for community. That means the foot and the toes are working together. The elbows and the arms are working together. And this side has to blend with this side. And these middle ears blend with this. It's just one big glob of dough. And I long to see that happen. I just happen to believe that the Word of God will make us do that, cause us to do that if we're willing to go with Him. You know, I was sitting there this morning. Anyway, this is, I'm not going to finish this today, but that's okay. Uh, we got until Tuesday. So I'll give you the backstory in John 11. You can go there. John 11 and uh, verse 42, uh, it's a unique prayer that we see Jesus uh, preaching. And he's at Lazarus' house, and we know the backstory on that. Uh, he drops by to visit because he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. But one thing I want you to draw from it, go back and read the whole passage when you have a chance and let it speak to you. John 11, he says this. He, he lifts his eyes up to the, to the sky, and he begins to pray. And he says these words. So they remove the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Have heard me. So there's a specific prayer that he knows the Father has heard. Look at the next thing he says. I knew that you always hear me. (laughs) That's relationship, brothers and sisters. We don't have to beg God. He hears us. As a matter of fact, the Word of God says He knows what we need before we even ask. But He t- still tells us to pray. Yeah, because it, it's, not, it's, not, uh, 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 it's not dependent upon an individual. It's depending upon the supernatural power of God. How many of you all have been touched by God and you know it? And, and you know it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if, if that's a living example for you, then you know He hears prayers. If you know he hears prayers, you shouldn't be hesitant about praying. How many of you will believe God answers prayer? Yes. Yes. But you don't stop praying because he answers, because that's what he's going to do anyway. Even when he's silent, he answers. Even when he's silent, he answers. It's one of the greatest uh, achisms for us to get in trouble is that, well, I didn't hear from God, so I guess he must want me to do what... Nobody's ever thought like that in here, though, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) take you down to the dump and show you all of those plans that we had at one time. (laughs) Okay, anyway, anyway, so we see Jesus in prayer, and that's just one example, but we can see many times that he spent a lot of time praying with his father, so much so that it was a lifestyle of prayer. And you know, I don't get too fancy-dancy about how we do it, because he's laid it out in Luke how we should. You know, we, we recognize God as our Father who art in heaven, how will be thy name. We get all of that, and we just begin to thank thank him. One of the shortest prayers recorded in Scripture is just when Peter stepped out of the boat and began to sink, and he said, what? Lord, help me. That's a prayer, folks. Sometimes that's all you need to say. And uh, how many of you all don't necessarily like the answers that God gives sometimes? Not in here, but I'm talking about you might know some people. Okay, okay. So, so when we look at prayer, that's got to become a lifestyle with us. 
But that prayer has to be undergirded by his word, his will. The prayer should be saturated. You know one thing God loves? He loves to hear his word spoken back to him. Oh, I, I like what, uh, uh, who was it, King I, I? When he says, this, 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 uh, this enemy is too big for us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Yeah, he was praying, seeking God for, for, for this battle they were about to, to, to enter into. And so that's where it should be with us. Prayer should not be uh, uh, optional, and it shouldn't be coincidental. It should be a lifestyle. In fact, it should be the first thing we do rather than saying, well, we've done everything else. Let's pray. Let's pray first and then say, let's see what other things there are to do. Somebody say amen if you know what I'm talking about. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, okay. Then there's the praise. You can't do praise without the word. And I love this scripture. Listen, listen. As we go into Psalm 119 and verse 171, I would encourage all of you just to spend a month in Psalm 119. Ooh, it'll change your life. It'll change your life before the end of that month. Listen, but as we're going there, um, I'm reminded of Hannah, who was charged with being drunk by uh, Eli. And uh, uh, because she was, her mouth was moving, but no words were coming out. She was praying and praising at the same time. She would, what, what was her need? What was, what was she asking God for? She wanted a son. Yeah, yeah. Praising him. And then when God touched her, he answered her prayer. Um, one of the greatest passages in the scripture, ooh, it just made my ears wiggle. It says in the later verses there, and Elkanah knew his wife. Some of y'all get that later on, but, 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 but it didn't mean that he knew her, her name. I'm going to break that down doctrinally here. Yeah, he knew it. And the next thing you know, a son pops out. That's hallelujah stuff right there, folks. If y'all ain't figured it out, we can pray and we can praise. And it's seamless. It's seamless. Listen, listen. What does he say? Let my lips utter praise. Ooh. Because you teach me your statutes. Praise comes from the word that's in us. He loves to hear about him. And he's not a narcissistic like we are. He doesn't need to be. He created the heavens and the earth and everything in it. That would be an amen, too, if I was preaching. But, I mean, if you ever realize that, he created the heaven, and it all belongs to him, check out Psalm 24. We won't go there now, but he just says it. Everything here he owns belongs to him. He gets to call the shots. And one thing I love about the Word of God, it's never fail. All my Word will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that for which I sent it. Many times we have a reason that we want him to send it. But he says, I send the word, and I have a purpose for when it comes. Yeah, so some of you getting ready to make that brash decision, hold off on it. Wait for the word. It's worth it. Wait for the word. Listen, in Romans uh, 15 and 17, Therefore in Christ Jesus I have found reason for boasting in things pertaining to God. That's praise. We see also in Colossians chapter 3 that he talks about singing songs and new songs and hymns. Well, uh, Making melody where? Not in the sanctuary, but in the sanctuary of our hearts. See, if you ever get it in your heart, it'll come out of your mouth. You know why? I'm not the brightest bulb on the tree, but Jesus says what consumes the heart, the mouth will. <laughs> and, and, and so what does your mouth speak? Do, do we pray unto God? Do we praise God? We got to stop all of this 
Um, um, so let me put it in this vernacular. I think God wants us to be in a video and not in a photo. That's what I believe he wants. I believe he wants us to be, he wants to be able to push the button, the play button, and we're doing this ongoing. It's a lifestyle for us. Rather than see a nice little dainty looking photo, that looked like they're worshiping. No, no, no. He's alive. According to Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is alive. It's active in us. We can't just get a neat little sermon on Sunday morning. We have got to live it out. And the first place we live it out is in us. How do we live it out? In prayer and in praise. We praise God. And then we proclaim it. Remember now and understand now, the word of God is the foundation for all three of those bricks. All three of those blocks require the word of God. The word of God is truth. He says those in John 8, chapter 8 and verse 31 and 32, he says, true disciples continue in his word. True disciples continue in his word. That's got to be us. What makes it us? Continuing in his word. And I'm not sitting there talking about quoting the Bible backwards and forwards. That's not important. Will we live it? Better yet, will we let it live us? Turn to your neighbor and just tell him intimately you love them. I mean, you know, intimately within the body of Christ here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> we've, been, we've been charged not to love in just word but to love in word and deed. Oh, I am so tired of us taking notes about the Bible. And we never tend to get around to living it. Okay, 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 okay. Then there's proclaiming the word. Now, for sure, you can't proclaim the good news unless you got the good news in you. Oh, yeah, that would have been a hallelujah amen right there if I was preaching. Yeah, you cannot proclaim the good news. And proclaiming just means that you're bringing good news to the moment. There's the gospel, which is the good news, but then you're bringing good news to the moment. And as a body of believers practicing that word I used a little while ago, koinonia, or community, we should be speaking good news to one another. We shouldn't wait to find our clan or our group or our people, because good news over on this side of the building is the same as the good news on this side of the building. And we got to stop talking about, uh, uh, um, well, we can just talk, 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 that's fine. But at some point in time, haven't we got to start talking about Jesus? We've got to start talking about Jesus. Not only just talking about him, we've got to start living him so people will know who he is. Not the people out there, the people in here. Somebody say amen if you know what I'm talking about. I just, listen, I believe that the word of God is intended to do exactly what it says. That's why when I see all of those folks sitting around the throne in Revelation chapter 7 and everybody wants to make that a big diversity and ethnicity moment, I don't believe it is. I really don't because it says in the bottom of that, with one voice. With one voice. I, I don't think we're going to get a world call of demographics in heaven. Ha! The Word of God tells me we're going to have on white robes. And guess what? It also says we're going to be face down. I don't know how you can figure out the ethnicity if we face down. Somebody say amen if you know what I'm talking about. Proclaiming the Word of God. It's a private proclamation of the Word of God to your own heart. Because if you don't believe it here, nobody else is going to hear it. You know when people believe you? Let anybody in here win the $30 million lottery. That's when they'll hear you. Because you're going to tell them. Oh, all the stations will tell them. And the neighbors will tell them. You understand what I'm saying? 
But if we got the lottery of Jesus in here, who we telling? Who we telling? Do we believe who we know? And listen, let me tell you about this proclamation. Write this down because some of you will get messed up in this, but just write it down. You must know who is he before you will tell others who he is. You got to know who is he before you will tell others who he is. Well, what does that mean? Matthew 16, 17, the doctrinal side of it, Jesus asked him, who do people say I am? Peter says, you're that one. You're the Christ. That was a, another Greek word, oida. It was knowledge that he was given from on high. From on high. He didn't come up with that on his own. And then in order to tell who he is, we only have to look at the lady that was by the well. My God, my God, my God. She got both of those answers, questions answered in one setting. Oh, my goodness gracious. It makes my knees weak and makes my ears wiggle. He, she, he, she found out, well, who is he? Isn't that what she asked Jesus? Oh, we know that when Messiah comes, he'll tell us, da, 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 da. I am he. And the next thing we see with that woman, she's going across the hill to tell some people who he is. Do you get that? Do you see that? That's the relationship he desires. Once we know who is he, and that's what we need to put the work in. Make sure you belong to him. Make sure Jesus is your Lord. He is your Savior. Make sure Jesus is your Lord. As the praise team is coming, I want to end. I'm, I'm going to stop here, but I ain't finished. There's an intimacy that's required if we're going to love Jesus. There was intimacy on the cross because he loved us. Let me have you stand to your feet, if you will. This whole thing of, of praying to God and praising him and proclaiming his name, we do want that to become a lifestyle in this body of believers. How many of you will believe that the King's Chapel is your church home? I'm not, <laughs> some of you, this is not sign-up time, but I mean, it can be. But I mean, if this is your home, you know how you, you function in your home? You got a pair of slippers there, don't you? Little flip-flops, little stuff, that old beat-up stuff that most people would put in the trash. Make this your home. If it's your home, love everything in the house. Love everything in the house. Uh, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not trying to. I've been knowing Raylan for about three months now. Raise your hand, Raylan. Raise your hand, Raylan. Don't be afraid. Okay. Because <laughs> he just, he wanted to meet me, and I wanted to meet him. Now, I've seen Raylan all over this sanctuary. How many of you here, honestly, earnestly, have never seen or met Raylan before? Okay, that ends today. Not what I'm saying, that's just one example. There are many others that we don't know, but we got to risk it. We got to risk it. You know what Jesus says? I must need go through Samaria. You know what I want us to say in here? If we are truly true disciples, Let's find somewhere in here that we must need go. You know, I've been seeing them come in for 37 weeks now, and I don't even know their name. I don't know what they do. I have, make it your business so that as we are out proclaiming the word of God, as we are out praising him, as we're going to do in just a moment here, as we're out praying to him, that we can do that as one body of believers. 
Folks, I believe that does and can happen right here in this body. I want this body of believers to make the community talk about us in a good way. You're from over there at the King's Chapel, aren't you? Father God, I thank you for those who are standing before you right now. Lord, I ask that you would do a supernatural work in their hearts. Father, give them a motivation and a stirring with the gift that you've given them that they would find themselves investing in others' lives right here in this building. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing this morning. We give you praise for what you're doing this morning. If you're here today and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, you do not. You have heard the gospel. You know that, 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 that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, that he was also raised to new life. He didn't stay in the grave, raised to new life so that you might have that life. If you believe that, today is your day. Receive it. Just believe it. It was accounted under Abraham because he believed. By faith, he believed it. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor Milton, I have not been walking this gospel out like it's been planted in me. I've not been living the truths. I've not been interacting with the body of believers. I've not been praying as I should. I've not been praising as I should. And I want to proclaim his name. That word is called repentance. Repent today. Change it up. Don't keep going down that path. Lay it before the Lord Jesus at his throne. And Father, you know those who you're doing work in their hearts in this moment. Be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Amen. Before we have our final song, we're going to respond this morning through a time of communion or the Lord's Supper. If you came in this morning and didn't get one of these on your way in, could you just put your hand up and could we have a couple of brothers just pass those out? Anybody here that didn't get one of these real quick? All right, I'm going to read a passage of scripture that we read every time that we partake in this from 1 Corinthians. It says, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So hold on one second. It says, So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the blood and the body of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. But you say, wait a minute, Tyler. Isn't this all about grace? What do you mean judgment? Why are we intertwining judgment into this topic of communion? It's because of this. This morning, we, we heard a challenging word from Pastor Milton. And I think this is, this is what I'm convicted by. You see, when you think about Jesus' earthly ministries, he walked around, yes, he was, he was God in the flesh, healing people, speaking words of life to people like women at the well. Amen? But there were times when you saw Jesus get angry. So ask yourself, when did you see Jesus, God in the flesh, get angry? It was whenever there was rank hypocrisy. It was when people said something with their lips, but their hearts were far from God. 
It was a group that was well known at the time, the Pharisees, where not all, Nicodemus was a Pharisee who did have a sincere heart after God, but many went out into public places and prayed these boisterous prayers loudly so everyone could see, but behind closed doors they gave nothing to care for the poor. Many of them wouldn't even take care of their own families. They had made laws to protect themselves so they could hoard their wealth. They had their hearts far from God. And as you see towards the end of each of the Gospels, they banded together to crucify the Son of God. That's how far their hearts were from God. So the challenge this morning as we take communion is this. Where are you with God? Some of you may be here and maybe you've attended church for a long time, this one or another, but you know in your heart You don't know the God that Pastor Milton preached about. You don't know the word on the inside. It has not transformed you. You know a form of godliness, but you do not know the power. We want to invite you this morning to respond. And if you're ready, this can be the act where you say, where you publicly proclaim, I am a follower of Jesus. By taking this cracker and this juice, that's what you're doing. You're proclaiming that. That's what you're doing. If you're here And you may consider yourself a bit of a skeptic or you're not quite sure. This is a community where we welcome you. We want to engage in conversation with you beyond this Sunday. So keep coming back. But don't don't take this and act one thing and not really believe it. If you're a believer this morning and you know in your heart there is an area or areas of unrepentant sin or you have just followed after the idols that Pastor Milton mentioned where money and stuff and a lifestyle or sports or any other thing is just getting in the way of your connection, your relationship with God, then please with me, friends, brothers, sisters, let's repent. Let's repent. So let's just take one moment, one moment where we bow our heads, where the instruments are quietly playing. And let's just, let's just bow our heads in repentance before God and say, God, I want to take this, honoring you, authentically knowing you. that 2,000 years ago there was a cross you died on that cross and you took on yourself all of our sin all of our idolatry all of our lack of love for you and each other you took it all on yourself so that today we can exchange our sinfulness our falling short with your righteousness with your holiness and you make us right you connect us back to the Father We thank you for that. We repent of our sins and all the ways in which we worship other things. Lord, And we want to take this, remembering what you've done for us. So now if you would open up the packet here this morning and take the cracker out of the top part. 
body, this represents the body of the Lord Jesus, broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of what he's done. And now the juice, representative of the blood of our Lord, shed for you. Drink in remembrance of him. Thank you, Jesus.